Make sure you sign up today for a 40% discount to The Athletic simply by visiting theathletic.com forward slash newcastlepod. Uh, you can enjoy all the best football writing and ad-free podcasts just in time for the return of the Premier League. That is less than £3 a month. Hello everybody and welcome to Pod on the Tyne, brought to you by The Athletic. My name's Taylor Payne. I'm joined, as ever, by Chris Woff and George Corkin. And today, we have a very, very special guest for you. On the line uh, is Mr. James Bay. How are you doing, James? I'm very good. I'm all right, thank you. It's very nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us, mate. It's it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. How are we doing, Chris and George? Are we okay? Well, I'm giddy with excitement. I don't know about you. Um, uh, <laughs> Sounds like it, mate, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I've just got one of those voices that doesn't sound oh. giddy with excitement. I, that sounded terrible. Oh, can we start again? We'll, we'll no, believe. I'm really excited. So um, I am genuinely excited. I mean, it's lovely to be able to sort of change the conversation a bit, and it's just a thrill to have uh, to have James on. The pod, we know what a massive Newcastle fan he is, yes. and you know certainly, you know Taylor. I don't want to embarrass you. You're a you're a you're a musician, but um, you're going to your, anyway. <laughs> yes, you're a musician. You're own right, and um, you know seeing seeing live music is something that I've missed almost as much as I've missed football, oh, if not man. more. Yeah, and definitely. so love to chat about all those things. And we, no, we're just absolutely thrilled to have James on. So thank you very much. No worries. Thank you. How are you holding up, Chris? Are you okay over there, mate? I'm good. I'm enjoying the fact that because James is here, you, you've been polite to me and you're not calling me sergeant waffles oh, you call me chris so I'm, not, I'm not used to that fact <laughs> there's plenty well, of time chris don't don't yeah, get ahead of yourself mate yeah let's let's not yeah let's not stand on the ceremony uh, so you, don't, you, know you don't need to be on your best behavior for me all right okay well that's good to know <laughs> right that's enough foreplay lads let's get diving in here um <laughs> wow so james yes how does a boy from hitchin in hertfordshire end up supporting newcastle united come on it's it's very sort of simple and straightforward and probably one of the most expected answers uh when i was five or six the great man alan shearer signed for um well he was the sort of he was the one of the big england players and i think that was one of my first uh moments when i noticed football um was sort of through england and euro 96 and and then of course world cup 98 and so i remember saying to my dad you know who does Alan Shearer play for? And he's, I remember him saying, uh, he's just signing for Newcastle. And I remember saying, that's my team then. That's who I support. Because I'm from a town called Hitchin. With all respect yeah. to Hitchin FC, um, <laughs> it's not quite the Premier League. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so but, I went for Shearer. But did your dad, dad at that point not have some sort of parental can of care and diligence or love to say, don't don't waste your life like this, son? <laughs> You know, do you know? Do some, support a team that's going to bring you positivity and joy and uplift and nice I'll, things and I'll, trophies. I'll You've say been cursed. It, I'll say it on this podcast only fleetingly, once and briefly. My dad is a rugby fan. Oh wow! So we'll move oh, swiftly on yeah. from that. Well, it's been lovely, James, to have it's been you lovely on, haven't you, on yeah. James? Yeah. Hey, hey! Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> Right. Well, on the subject of Alan Shearer, because I obviously I I knew that he was your big hero, and I know you've you've kind of actually developed a you've de- you've kind of developed mm. a friendship with him now, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. It's he's been just wicked over the years. Uh, I, I think it actually started approximately on uh, somewhere between social media and and him saying like that he liked one of my songs, and I think there was a couple of moments early on for me where we cr- we literally crossed paths at certain sort of TV shows or something. And um, and ran into each other, and I couldn't not like say, Alan, you know, I sort of gushed a bit 
and um, he was very kind and very charming and said, well, your music's all right too. So, you know, give me a shout <laughs> if you ever want to come and see a game. That's as close as you get to a compliment from, from yeah. Alan Shearer, really. He's one of those people. I mean, so I, I, I did a kind of big interview with him this season, earlier this season, and it was really, it was a lot to tr- try and peel back the, the the layers of the Alan Shearer onion, if you like. <laughs> that sounds quite, um, that's a strange thing, an Alan Shearer onion. Are there any other footballers that could be related to vegetables and how? what would they be? Anyway, um, and <laughs> That's really, a whole podcast all in itself, I'm sure. And really, really, you know, he is just this tough man. I mean, that is that is what he is. And um, But seeing him working with his foundation, the Alan Shearer Foundation, which is something of huge importance yeah. to him, you know, I did get this glimmer of emotion and things like that. Now, I have... I've, had a brief chat with him this morning just because uh just because of you coming on and I wanted to let him know. What did he say? He, did he talk to me did he talk to you about me being a bad luck chum? He didn't talk about that. I mean I think for any no, but you've you've watched matches <laughs> yeah. with him, haven't you? But I mean I have, yeah. let's face it, we're all bad luck charms when it comes to Newcastle. I mean if you've watched them for any length of time, I mean it's we're you know. So yeah, I just wish he'd said that instead of just sort of saying, <laughs> Oh, I can't watch a game with you again. Well it's 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 I've got a I've got a mild bollocking to give you really because on the subject Great. of on the subject of his foundation he says how come he's had people like Lewis Capaldi and Jess Glynn and stuff like that perform at his foundation ball and you're supposed to be his mate and you haven't done it he did ask oh. me alright here's the best story I can give you uh, on, on this he did ask me <laughs> and I was literally like right in the middle of getting ready to sort of make to finish the new music this is such a pants answer finish the new music <laughs> And get ready to release it. And it was just horrific timing. And I couldn't, I think I was in America. I just couldn't be there. And to this day, I'm completely gutted that I couldn't do it. And he's not asked me again yet. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I've said to him, Alan, I'm like ready whenever you need me. The, 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 the invite has not come yet again. Well, he said, you'll be gassed again. You don't turn Alan Shearer down twice. I, um, <laughs> what a line. Just, oh my word. And, he, and he's right. I won't. I won't turn him down again. <laughs> Cancel tours to be there with Alan Shearer. This time, I absolutely will. So, James, we mentioned before you're from you're from uh, Hertfordshire. I mean, you, your mates must have been Arsenal, Tottenham fans, and, yeah. and obviously Man United supporters as well. Unfortunately, <laughs> because of yes. um, did you get much stick for being a Newcastle fan? Uh, uh, even up until sort of 2004, 2005, I didn't actually. Because I mean, there was one or two others as well. There was a lad in my class whose dad was a Geordie, so he right. he was a str- and he was one of my closer mates. So, and I'd go around his house a lot, and so I was. You know, in that respect, I wasn't around just around another Newcastle fan. I was around a Newcastle family mm-hmm. um, in sort of primary school and up until the age of about sort of 13 or so. Uh, but I, it was a sort of, talking about those primary school years, it's a bit more of a sort of innocent time. When you're yeah. in, 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 and in and in a town like mine, yes, there were the Arsenal and the Tottenham fans and a few Watford fans, but we were of an age where you're a bit further away from the kind of, that slightly more aggressive football mentality that we can all yeah. sometimes adopt. So it was yeah. it was nicer, and 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 I'll I'll be honest as well as by 14, 15, 16, as I as I moved more into being passionate about music, I, I football sort of sat back in my mind a little bit. Yeah, and I, it was easier to I say this on the one hand, it was easier to deal with the struggles of being a Newcastle fan, 
And on the other <laughs> hand, I was sort of slightly turning, turning, you know, turning my interest to something else because it was hard being a Newcastle fan. <laughs> it still is. Yeah, it still it is, still and is. I love them. I always love them. But yeah, it, it's, we all you know. we all find something else in our lives to take away from the fact that we are even if for a Newcastle, moment, don't we? Even yeah, if exactly. for a moment. I mean, it is that it is that it is that thing where. Well, you start with. I mean, the thing is, you're a lifer now. You've got no choice. So, mm. Um, mm. and I'm sure you don't reject it. I mean, I, I always find it kind of very moving. In some ways, more moving and emotional when people either come up to Newcastle and fall in love with the place, whether it's a footballer or a manager or or just people, and somehow the club kind of gets under their skin. I love that, you know, I love that story. It's, you know, as a fan base, we're very passionate about sort of always being there and being there every week. But people people from outside the area who get Newcastle always feel more special in some ways because yeah. quite often people don't get us. A, good, a nice example of that, another example of that, um, Giles Martin, who is the son of George Martin, the famous yes, Beatles producer. Giles is a mate of mine, and he's about twenty years my senior, maybe fifteen years or so. So just a di- he's—I didn't know um, until I brought up Newcastle when we were chatting. But he's a different generation of Newcastle fan. Through mine was Alan Shearer, and he's not what? from Newcastle. His is his is Kevin Keegan. He was obsessed oh, wow. with Kevin yeah. Keegan as a kid, so he was always a, a Newcastle supporter. And um, went up to see them on, on many an occasion, in, I think in the sort of late 80s and the 90s, he said. And wow. Uh, wow. it's just fun to, uh, just like you were saying, though, there's, you look at, the, look at the passion just from individual players for the club over the years. Uh, you know, maybe Gaz is another good example, even though it was so early on in his career. And it's just, you know, being so far geographically from, from Newcastle, it's yeah. even those things that kind of dr- draw us in. Um, and it was fun to it was just fun to find that out from Giles. Yeah, yeah definitely. Didn't know that. That's amazing. That's an amazing. So we, I had no idea that he was a Newcastle. So Newcastle United is kind of the sixth Beatle then. Sure. <laughs> I mean, if why not? Let's say that there's a line. I mean, if George Martin is the kind of <laughs> fifth Beatle, then go, Giles then. Martin's his son, and then Newcastle are the sixth Beatle. I mean, it's Done. a leap, George, but you know, we'll give you. <laughs> come it. on, we'll take anything. That's that's <laughs> that's as close as we've got to a trophy in the last fifty years. So come on, we'll just take Chris, it. Chris, you're very quiet, mate. Are you okay? You're just sitting there in awe. Are you? Are you all right? Just in awe, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm more. I've just. I'm fascinated by the. I was. I was just going to ask James in terms of your. You follow when you follow Newcastle when you go away on tour. So when you're in the US, for example, how mm. how do you stay in touch with what's going on in Newcastle? Do you watch the games when you're away? Yeah. How how do you follow it? That's reminded me of one of my gr- one of my great touring Newcastle memories. Um, so I follow I follow it online. I, I, two actually, two. When we beat Everton three two, when Yosi Perez scored three, was it? He came back what two yes. seasons ago. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I was I on a tr- I was actually on a train from uh, Philadelphia to New York, following it. And it was this quiet, like commuter train, and I was just going bananas in my seat because we were two nil down for ages. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we were, yeah. And I'm thinking, and I was just distraught for ages. Think, and I think it was yet another game we could really have done with, you know, grabbing the, uh, even one point. Um, so I remember that. I, I follow it. My, my point being, I follow it any which way I can. But do you remember? This was last season. Start like it was sort of March time when we beat Bournemouth maybe 2-1 or, th- or something like that and Matt, Matt Ritchie last uh, Matt kick Ritchie of the game scored, yeah. Yeah, basically that. last kick of the game such a glorious moment but the beauty of it is so in America in North America they, they've covered football a lot more over the last two or three years but typically 
they're playing Man U versus Arsenal, they're playing Spurs yeah. versus Chelsea, they're playing Liverpool versus Man City. It's very rare that we get a look in us Newcastle fans in that respect. But I was in I was actually in Montreal in Canada and the one channel on the hotel TV that was playing football chose Newcastle versus Bournemouth. Brilliant. And it was just and I've just had these I've been to like I remember the the November before that, I went to I wasn't on tour and I went down to Selhurst Park sat in the away end in the rain to watch us draw nil-nil. Oh, my goodness me. But to go <laughs> away on tour... Games there, yeah. <laughs> so that was, that, was, that was one television that you then couldn't throw out of the hotel window. I, I, I had know. no interest. I had no interest <laughs> in throwing that one out, out of the no. window. And, and, I, and I, to go away on tour, be so far away, and to get the game on TV and to see us win with the last kick of the game. I mean, it was... Brilliant. It made it's it great. ten times yeah. better. It's great to hear that you follow Newcastle United because you're such a passionate subscriber to The Athletic, which is words that you haven't said, but which we're all thinking. Um, Actually, read between I'm, the lines, yeah. Read between the lines. As a passionate subscriber to The Athletic, while I'm just away clip, on tour... Just clip that, clip that. Just clip that bit, yeah. While, while bit. I'm away on tour, I can obviously follow all opinions, all perspectives and yes. all points. Now, James, th- this is th- this leads us to sort of an interesting thing because, of course, football has stopped, but so has music. So is yeah. so is live music, and mm. I'm sure you know. I know from listening to you, and I know that is such a huge part of your, mm. you know, your life. And yes. you know, obviously, there are there are parallels with football there. Yeah. Um, but how has that been for you? I mean, it must have been. It must be one of the toughest things of all, is it not? Getting it out in front of people. It's very difficult. The reality, and it's still really sinking in because I think as it stands, um, we're looking at maybe this time next year to, to, yeah. to we are hoping, we are hoping feel a sense of normality. Imagine, it's funny, isn't it? Like, it's so exciting that football is about to come back, Premier League's about to come back. It's just very sad that crowds can't go, but it seems like the absolute right decision. Um, it's amazing that you can, there's so many sort of thoughts on this, this sort of question. It's, ama- it's wonderful that you can bring football back um, because it, you know, most importantly needs the, the 22 players on the pitch and we can, we can participate and be a crowd for football in all sorts of different ways, even if it's watching from home or whatever. To, to do a gig uh, on Zoom or something is, yeah. is a, it's a lovely in-between for the sort of time being, but um, we're all striving for the moment when, when we can even get 200 people in a 5,000 yeah. cap venue. But when we yeah. do get to that, it's still going to be difficult not to, you know, seem ungrateful, but there is, there is, there's only one proper version of, of live yeah. music and that's a packed house yeah. and, uh, and, a, and a full stage. So, but I don't know, you just got to keep your chin up, haven't you? And, and as we've seen, they've managed to get football happening again. I really hope that at some point in the next year or so we can get crowds back in and then hopefully music will follow. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really, I have to say that my, you know, Taylor and I have sort of in particular have talked about this on the pod, the idea of, you know, football starting again and the, and, you know, Newcastle in particular being empty. And I say in particular because for me, that's what it's always been about. It's been that sort of communion between people and you know it it stands for something it stands for the city and of course because historically we're not successful in terms of winning things that turning up you know that Mm. simple act of turning up has been so much part of who we are and what we what we do and and the thought of you know the thought of people not being there is 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 tough i mean i think i've got to the stage now where i do think 
it coming back is you know is is going to be welcome if 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 just to sort of change the conversation a little bit you know and so we can talk about something else and we can think yeah. about something else yeah. and but the way we think about our club has has sort of changed and i i mean i long you know i long for the day that i can go to the sage or the Clooney or you know some of the great venues that we have in Newcastle and li- and listen to to music again and I suppose we just have to make the best of make the best of what we do have. It's all about the sense of community and I'll say Newcastle as a city whether you're at a gig or at the match the sense of community is yeah. phenomenal. It is mm. phenomenal. Um and it will of course be as we're gradually making our way back to a sense of normality and 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 the game is played for example but without a crowd. Yeah, I think the sense of community will be missed massively. Uh, yeah, uh, the Newcastle fans, wow, like they're, they're, they're a step above because I've been to so many away games in the South here. Yeah. Um, it's unreal, like the experience being in the away. What's end. been your best away day? Oh, Spurs, last, it's the beginning of this season. <laughs> yeah. In there, when we won 1 0. Oh, my Joel God. Joel scored the goal, didn't he? he yes, did, yeah. yes, he did, which is wonderful. Atsu's pass. Unreal. Oh, yes. I mean, I know I, I can't, I don't know what the Spurs defence were playing at, um, but that pass <laughs> was incredible. Yeah. Because The pass was incredible because he even went for it. From where I was sat in the away corner, I didn't appreciate until watching match of the day later, just the sort of length of it and the way the ball moved through those defenders and got to Joe Linton. Yeah. Unreal. And um, it was 33 degrees in that stand. Oh, it was boiling hot. It was, it was absolutely boiling. Yeah. It was It was just the most wonderful <laughs> experience. And I think, I mean, what was it? Maybe half an hour in that we scored that goal. So, the, I mean, it couldn't have got more tense. It was, it was, <laughs> it was, that was, I've had some nice experiences. West Ham, when we beat 3-2, yeah. John Joe Shelby's free kick the other, the other yeah. month was fantastic. Um, so I've had some, some nice ones. My first ever away experience was Pants. We had Matt Sells in goal against Fulham. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that was the first, first game of the season. My, yeah. my first, first well, game of the championship, first, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 was yeah. Like, that was my first one in London. I said, but um, anyway, so I've had I've had some really great ones. And, and do you, re- James? Do you remember your first time at St James's Park and the feelings that that came along with that? Yeah, I confess, and I, I do thank Mr. Alan Shearer for this. It was only in 2017. <laughs> wow, okay. um, it was the first really? time I actually got. Yeah, it was the first time I actually got up there. Because, well, bear in mind the facts. My dad's not a football guy. Um, yeah, I, I, it was a struggle getting up there as a as a kid. I had a couple of great invites from that family in my in my hometown, but um, but no, I, I didn't get up there until 2017. Uh, we lost to it was it was Fulham again. Who Shearer? So I saw us play Fulham <laughs> twice that season. We lost both times. Shearer's words: Bastard. "They are our bogey team. Mm. They are the team that will get us this season that we just won't beat." I think it was Daryl Murphy came on for us and scored. We lost three one, but I got yes. to see a goal at St James's Park, and I was pleased for that. That's great. And so, so, what have you made of what's been going on this summer, or should we say, not been going on all summer? Um, you know, this sense of limbo we've all felt, but obviously the you know the takeover, on and off takeover. How do you feel mm. about that? How do you feel about the current ownership? It's a really hard one to answer. Um, football fans are football fans, and more than ever, there's opportunities, or, or, or some football fans are even asked to kind of get dragged into the more kind of diplomatic or pol- political conversations that are going on. And of course, some want to about these sort of things. All I know is like, I'd imagine everybody that goes to St. James's every week um, and everybody who doesn't get to sort of from around the world, we're looking at 11, is it 11 years of, of Mike Ashley? 13. 14th. Yeah. Thir- thir- 14th. Yeah, into the 14th. Unlucky yeah. for some. Unlucky for and, all of us. And, and, <laughs> 
it's it's maddening how I know we're all fans rather than people who sort of run these 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 massive clubs like Newcastle, but it's maddening the moments that it seems sort of so obvious that maybe you just let Rafa do a bit more what he wants to do, for example, and yeah. the, and and they didn't. Maybe you is there something we're missing? Is a is a question that I always ask. And as far as like, and maybe there is like we're not on the inside, but like that always becomes such a frustration as well. Um, and uh, you know, g- g- give the fans and give the club and give the team and give the history what it's asking for, um, because we will be there with bells on to support it. So get this on a far- t-shirt. Get this on a t-shirt. I want this on a t-shirt. <laughs> yes. This will be this will be my merch. Watch out. This will be my next tour merch. But like, but you know, and as far as the takeover, and I know it's a little bit a sort of seemingly sort of dicey at the moment. There's all sorts of different ways to look at the folks that are trying to take over. It's hard to comment on that purely as a football fan and as a fan of the club because I just want to see the club win, um, yeah. uh, you know, in all, in all different ways. Um, and I'm not one of these sort of multi-squillionaires involved in or, or, or on the board at the Premier League. I, so, like, I'd say 99% of fans, I can't really comment on that, but I can. There's, there's an opportunity I've been shown and I've been told as a fan for, for, the, for the club to step up in all ways and I'm mm. behind that and then they yeah. just sort of draw it out and 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 frustrate everybody it, yeah I, sorry I, I hope I've said something there. no you have you've you've, you've, great, you've, yeah. you've, you've you've spoken very beautifully and eloquently and you've kind of captured it for a lot of I mean I think that for a lot of us the annoyance is is that or the frustration is that while there are very real and obvious concerns about new owners is that there is that feeling that we've been forgotten about when it comes to the old owners and that <laughs> people don't recognise that um, there is this yearning for better and there's yearning for something more than what we have at the moment and that people haven't kind of examined that, you know, with the same scrutiny and with the same sort of depth. And it's been brutal. It's been a brutal summer for Newcastle fans having this huge excitement Um hanging over them and then suddenly it's just you know it's been found found themselves in the middle of this sort of geo, geopolitical sort of debate over which they have zero control because exactly. football fans are the last people involved of all um but yeah. you've no you've articulated that you know beautifully that this could just, be something more it could be something just, more exactly and just look at the adoration and support for for a Sam Maximino or Miguel Almiron when they arrive yeah, and they show and they show even an ounce of what they can probably do because yeah. they're young and and as individuals, they're pretty phenomenal. And it's about nothing against the rest of the team, but it's about rebuilding, isn't it? And it's about and there yeah. are some, probably some individuals that will get moved around for the sake of the fact that if you put uh, others around your San Maximins or your Miguel Amarons, or maybe even your Joel Lintons, then then <sighs> I know. Um, then <laughs> then just, then yeah. Then maybe. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Sorry, Joel Linton, just put you aside for a second. Or put these people around you, Sean Longstaff, so you're Matty Longstaff, and maybe, you know, something incredible yeah. could happen. Building towards the future. 
it feels more than ever like we're on the cusp, and that's not just because of the announcements about potential takeover. I'm actually looking at the players been signed since Steve Bruce came in. It's all a massive tease in a way. I saw yeah. I saw a fantastic uh, tweet this morning on Twitter from a lad who I know who goes to he goes to Newcastle home and away every single game. He never misses a game, and he doesn't actually live in the town either. He lives in Manchester, and he tweeted he tweeted this morning saying all of this talk of uh, WTO reports and takeovers and piracy and all that, and all I really want is Newcastle. I'll have a little run in the Europa League so I can, yes, get, drunk in town, so I can get drunk in a town square in Belgium again. Thank you very much. Yeah. That was, oh, and it takes that us, it. It takes us so down, far it? it takes us so far away from 11 men kicking a football, doesn't it? It really does. In our yeah. case, quite badly. But, um, but, but there was a moment in the early 2000s where it seemed so possible to get into things like the Europa League with 11 men, yeah. you know. So it's, it's, it's um, sort of quietly excruciating, isn't it? But James, when you talk about the fact that obviously when you, you came to love Newcastle because you watched Alan Shearer, your dad, uh, sorry, yeah. you, you said that, you, that, uh, that there was obviously, you've mentioned Kevin Keegan and things like that. Mm. What, what Now that you see those figures who, by their own admission, certainly in Kevin Keegan's case, don't even feel welcome at St. James's Park at the moment, yeah. don't feel appreciated. How does that make you feel when these are like, the, you've mentioned history there, you've mentioned the heroes. I mean, is, is that something for you as well that needs to be rebuilt, that sort of connection with, with people like that? I, I, in, in a word, absolutely. Um, because without the history, this seems ridiculous to say, but, but without the history, of course, we wouldn't be where we are today. When oh, yeah. I when I first went up to St James's, and, and Alan was super kind and took us in to 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 a sort of a fancy box to watch the game and have the, that that full experience, which is very exciting. As you go through the building uh, and up to the seats, it's every sort of member of staff and every every kind of every member of the roots of that entire well building and, and body of people that just know obviously who he is and it's a very quiet and earnest appreciation and a sort of tip of the cap or a nod or all right alan yeah. um but i think uh, from some of the stuff you know he's only mentioned briefly yeah his connection to the people that run that great club our great club his great club isn't very is pretty non-existent i i think and i think that's bonkers Harry's sponsors Pod on the Tyne, a podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Harry's was founded by Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were sick and tired of overpriced razors. Jeff and Andy knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. And now, by taking less profit, Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price. Their amazing quality blades are now almost half the price of the leading five-blade brand. Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. I haven't had a close, comfortable shave for about three months. George, how are you doing well, with you should, the shaving? Are you, you, sh- you managing? You, sh- you should have a go with Harry's razors because I can. Well, yeah. I can't, can I? I haven't got any because no, George has nicked them all. Have you? Well, got, have you got the razors, George? Well, if you're making a serious point, I mean, I'm not sure whether this is something we should be talking about in public, but yeah, fine, okay. I got sent. I got sent three sets of razors. Oh, got- three sets. Yes, but I thought they'd just been sent for me. I didn't realise that I was supposed so, to give you... I see what's happened here. So all I can say is... that yourself, haven't you? Well, I used I used the first packet. My face has never been smoother um, or, or, more, or more closely shaved. And just I'll tell you face, what, though, yeah? w- with, well, with, with your set, Taylor, my, my balls have never been smoother either. <laughs> oh, dear me. And I'm not going to tell you what I did. I'm not going to tell you what I did with yours, Chris. <laughs> I don't think I want them now, to be honest. <laughs> Oh, good Lord. Yes. 
As a listener to the podcast, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set uh, for just £3.95. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you or to George, and he shall use it, uh, including a razor handle, a five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and a travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash Newcastle pod right now. That's harrys.com forward slash Newcastle pod. George, you're a dirty boy. In terms of your, in terms of your kind of football, footballing allegiances, we've, we, you know, that's obvious. That's why you're, that's why you're on the podcast. You've been, if, if I have to say, you've been flirting slightly disgracefully with Peter Crouch the last few days um, <laughs> and uh, so tell us a little bit about about what you were doing with him and um, also tell us about kind of making music because obviously sure you still you're still doing that and you still need to do that and want to do that I'm sure sure I, I Peter w- was um, set to cover I think be the sort of he- the lead broadcaster for the Euros from from over here in, in the UK for the BBC very sadly it didn't happen and um, they've given they've, they've sort of I suppose said to him, what, "This is what we'd like to do with with the airtime that isn't Euros coverage now." So it's a load of fun. Uh, he's you know he's a, he's a lovely bloke who who wants to kind of create this sort of summery, festivaly, communal atmosphere through a Saturday night sort of prime time show. And in doing so, <laughs> I live in North London. Uh, houses aren't massive, let alone gardens even being existent. So his plan was to. Um, to go into people's back gardens. If you saw the first show, he went to his mate Serge from Kasabian's back garden. Serge seems to have a whole farm for a back garden. <laughs> so it was, so it looked phenomenal. I mean, it looked wonderful when he got Serge on the show. And, and then he invited me on for the second show just to play a song. <laughs> I went to the North London pub garden. Very sadly, the pub was shut. That was a very bleak thing to look at, as we can all imagine. Yeah. But they let us into the back garden of this pub around the corner from my house to um, to just to play a song and give people a bit of hopefully a bit of joy a bit of a, a maybe even a festival atmosphere and a bit of music and that's what Peter Crouch is, is is up to with his with his show and so it's in a time when we are creeping gradually back to um something rather than the the, the lockdown and the uh, kind of the nothing that we've had to sit in for weeks and months now um he, this is the way that he's thought to do it and it was just a real pleasure to be to be invited on um, and I mean, it was a, a day's like real work for me, which was lovely because, you know, sitting in your house, you can write songs. Yes. And that is work. But um, it kind of comes and goes as creative things do. And you have to give it give yourself the time away from it. Like you have to give yourself the time with it. And although we can't, we, you know, we can't hear it as we're recording. We are playing bits of bits of your music. Are you are you are you recording stuff now as well? I, the interesting thing about um my experience with sort of lockdown is I was in Nashville in America uh, for a month uh, in in kind of end of February to middle to the end of March, making my third album, which is very exciting. The year had started for me with a bit of bit of writing, bit more sort of last minute writing before going into the studio to do that because I felt close to being ready to make the third album. So we got busy doing that in Nashville in March. I came home and 36 hours later, Boris Johnson said, we all need to go into lockdown. So I just sort of finished, you you finish the recording and and then you get into the process of mixing and mastering and all that and then start to get into promo. But of course with lockdown, the music industry and the entertainment industry is all 
shut down and everybody yeah. had to fully kind of recalibrate. So it was strange. We, we, we just got out the starting blocks and it was all very exciting for album three. And then it slowed down and, and all hope is by no means lost. Um, you know, the, we, the wheels have started turning again. So, so, you know, watch this space. There's, there's stuff coming and it, and it was, it's just been tricky for everybody to work out how to move forward. Well, I have to say to you, James, just before we go any further, is I, I came and saw you play live at Time Mouth Priory a few years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, this bit's going to get a bit sickening now. This, this bit's going to get a bit sickening now. Chris, you, I'm gonna, Chris George, you and I I'm going to make do... you feel so bad in a minute. I'm going to make oh. you feel so bad, George, when I finish okay. this. All right, just just, just shut your mouth, all right? <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, James, I came to that gig with yeah. my little boy, Jackson, who's a massive, massive fan of yours. Oh. Um, and it was his first ever live music gig. Um, oh. And we came and we stood, and uh, I know Ross, who used to, who was your tour yes. manager at the time. Yes. He uh, he presented Jackson with a little program that you had signed for him, oh. uh, and and he has that pride of place now in his bedroom. He absolutely oh. loves it, and he's actually you'd be surprised to hear this. He's actually sitting listening into this today as well. So oh, he's Jackson, here. mate! Oh. Yeah, he's here, so he's sitting right next to me with a massive grin on his face. <laughs> I'll stop swearing. Oh, mate, nice one. And George, don't you feel like an absolute? Bastard now, don't you? Yeah, did well, you, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do. Yes, I do. Not Taylor, for the first did, or you, last time. did you spot? I don't know if you could spot um, to my left on the stage at that gig. Did you spot Tim Krull? No, I didn't spot Tim Krull. I didn't realise he was there. He, no, he was at. The, he came to see the gig. Tim, that's so wicked that Jackson got to. That's all wonderful. I'm very pleased for that. But and that yeah. he got to see the show. Uh, uh, yeah, it was. It was. I mean, to know you there was wicked. We even had Timmy Krull um, uh, at the sound desk there. Uh, having a watch of the gig, he's always been wicked. We, we actually on that we had a great experience uh, once where he took us to Newcastle's training ground for a kickabout, and um, so that was I think I've seen exciting. the photos of that. Yeah, yeah, man, that, that that was very fun. But I'm so glad you got to come to the gig. That's one of my favourites, man. That show was, that was so. I mean, it was such typical sort of UK weather. Like it was kind of sunny, but it was kind of chucked it down all day as well. And yeah, it was, windy it was also. And grey. Typically, it was also like a terrible idea to do a gig outside, like it always is in the UK. <laughs> yeah. um, but there was, a, there was a moment, this is kind of cheesy, right? Bear with me. I've got a song on my first I album. I know what you're going to say. Called exactly Need the Sun to Break. Yeah. And e- every time we got to the chorus that goes, I need the sun to break, the clouds moved and the sun hit us on the stage. <laughs> yeah. It was mental. It was I remember so it vi- glorious. I remember it vividly. It was I feel wonderful. like I feel like me and the crowd were laughing at that whilst I was we trying were, to earnestly yeah. push through the song. Yeah, I remember. I remember it vividly. Oh man, what a time! It was a wonderful I'm so, moment. I'm so glad you guys are there. How yeah, would you definitely. fancy playing at St James's Park at a full St James's Park? How would that be? That would be a dream. I actually, uh, I, I, not long ago, I met Gary Barlow, who, in, for all, is you know, he's a, he's a legend in his own right, and he's sure he's a Liverpool fan, whatever. But um, <laughs> he. It's it's fine and good for him that he got to play at Anfield, but he told me about when he played at St James's Park, and I think Ed Sheeran has told me about playing at St James's Park as well. And Ed's got a sort of he's an Ipswich fan, but he's got a small soft spot for Alan and for for the tune. And um, I'm just very jealous of these people because I would absolutely love to do that one day. Yeah, mm. I, I I mean yeah, I would love to see I would love to see somebody like yourself playing at St James's Park. That would be that would be an incredible thing for the city as well. And I mean, we've got we've got Sam Fender up here. Yes, he's doing really well at the moment. And uh, I know he's he's absolutely desperate to get a gig on at St James's Park as well. So that would be good. Oh. A double head over with you and Sam together. That would be amazing. I, I'd come and tech his guitars for him if he got to play <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Happily, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll come. Sam, someone tell I'll tell Sam. I'll text him later. Just say just just so you know. If you ever get to St James's Park, and I'm sure you will, let me be your guitar. 
So you'll be watching this Sunday, I assume. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sort of tense. But we're all tense because, I mean, I've been following Sam Maximin on Instagram. He's got two goals set up in his back garden, so I've got hope that he's very sharp still. <laughs> That's um, all you need, man. That's all you need. Yeah, no matter this fitness or, you know, nutrition, two goals in the back garden. I've got a paddling pool in my back garden, but I don't <laughs> think I'm going to break the Olympic world record for swimming. I've just started, I, I, I've just finished uh, 90 days of Joe Wicks and Steve Bruce and Lee Charnley haven't called me yet. Nothing. So I'm sort of... <laughs> oh, mate. You must be ripped. The way that the way the squad's looking at the minute, James, I would keep your boots close because there's yeah, a good chance you'll be getting a call. Just think, <laughs> even as a stand-in for Andy Carroll, quite happy to do it. Well, all yeah, you would exactly. have to do is stand, is stand, because that's what he does. <laughs> like so, um, and yeah. so what do you re- what do you reckon then for the rest of the season? I mean, I I agree. I think once you be- once w- once Newcastle seeps into into your soul, you kind of look at the fixture list and think. Nope, we'll lose that. Nope, we'll lose that. Nope, we'll lose that. And now we're in crisis. So, George, you're so pessimistic, aren't you? I forget what we've got. We've got Sheffield United, and then I forget who we got after that. Uh, Chris. Play on Wednesday against Aston Villa, and then it's the Man City game the week after in the cup. What the? Um, yeah, I, I, I leave the Man City thing for a minute. We'll, we'll, you know. I mean, I'd love to get to just <laughs> the semi-finals. Yeah. I'd literally, I'd love to even just say we got to the semi-final of the FA Cup. That would be glorious. But um, Sheffield United. Who, of course, have looked sort of incredible all the way up until our big, weird lockdown break. So it's just going to be fascinating to see how everybody comes back, see how people have sort of kept fit, if they've kept, kept fit. It was interesting watching the German League and sort of, I don't know, I didn't know what to make of it. It was sort of fine. It wasn't like it's remarkable. Bizarre, wasn't it? But yeah, it was, it was bizarre. It was really but weird. you got your standouts, your sort of uh, Haaland for, and Sancho and all of that. But I don't know, I... I'm not. I don't. I can't predict at this point. I don't want to try and predict a score. But I am always purely out of my sort of passion for the club. I'm very quietly optimistic, even when I was standing in the rain at Selhurst Park watching us draw nil nil two years ago. Or whatever. I mean, I you know, and and, and I haven't and, had that beaten out of you yet. Not yet. <laughs> Still got I mean, that I, little I, bit of optimism. And I've no. been low, and we've all been low at games, and I have been low. But when I saw us beat Spurs one nil, I'm I'm I've got hope and I've got positivity mm. for, for all of it, you know. It I, is. Don't, I, I don't recognise this language you're talking. I mean, we're, we're, <laughs> no, George, born, I went, we, were, born, we were in West you're Brom born, together. You're born, you keep your head down and then you die, if you look. <laughs> that's, a, that's a line from... <laughs> George, we went, we went to that May, West Brom game. We went to that West Brom game in the cup, that last, in the in the um, sixth round and yeah. you were you were confident at the end oh, of that I game. You, you were riding buzzing. on a wave of optimism and no, inflatable I, P&I. You were. Absolutely. It was Absolutely. great. No, fun. no, and no, and I love I love hearing hearing James talk about that sort of away day atmosphere because yeah, I've been very lucky with with this job that I've gone into the away end on two occasions yeah. at Goodison Park and I don't know if you remember that that result, James, where Newcastle were so, so bad and were losing two nil and then score twice in the ninety fourth or ninety fifth oh, or whatever. You were it was. there. Oh, Lejeune. And I was there. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You know, and I've brought up a Newcastle fan. I've been a journalist for a long time. It was the first time I've been in the away end and it was that that those 90 seconds or whatever are amongst the best and most ridiculous of my life and I you bet. know you're ce- you take a step back and you're celebrating a one-all draw which is utterly meaningless sorry mm. a two-all draw which is mm. utterly meaningless <laughs> but at that moment when 
all around you, people are just singing, who's the team, who's that team we call United? And you're oh. just laughing and you're yes. it's the only thing that matters. And it's the only thing that you care about. And that adrenaline stays with you. It's incredible. It was that and Ancelotti's incredible. face. That couldn't see anything. I didn't even know there was a goal, that the second goal had gone in until the players were all wheeling back towards us. And yeah, that, that, was, that, that I mean, that and Pickford, Pickford's, yeah, Pickford, And then West, West Brom in the cup, it was the same. You know, Taylor and I, you know, we, we were just under a blizzard of inflatable penises, penis. <laughs> um, and, but again, it was just brilliant. And you do, you live for those moments where you feel that, sense of possibility that this could be our year this could be our this could be our game this could be our five minutes whatever it is it's just you know that is what football does the the drama is glorious the the one nil against chelsea with isaac hayden's header recently in the, in oh, the last, yeah, right in the last the 90 minute, yeah. something. glorious i loved it all and then against oxford united in the fa cup just now yep. yeah when Sam Maximum some, scored in extra time. Yeah, I, I will say uh sean longstaff's goal near the start was brilliant but like the way yes. that Look, I'm not. I'm not proud of the way we let it go back to two all. <laughs> but then you've got that little bolt of lightning, Sam Maximan, who's like, no, 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 no. And you, he's, you see him go. We're not losing this. And even if yeah. I've got to do all of it, <laughs> even if I've got to this. do, <laughs> even if I've got to do all of it, I'm just going to batter that in. And he did, and yeah. it's just it's chills to this day. Just fantastic. And it's all that, like you say, you know, all that drama. Just Are they going to win it, James? Are they going to win it? FA Cup. Yeah. One day Is it this year. Is it this day? One day. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous, Chris. What a stupid question that was. Honestly, you've done, James, you've, James. you've kept things together quite well during this podcast, Chris, mainly from not saying very much, and then you have to go and ruin it by answering a stupid question. What is wrong well, with you, Chris? What is wrong? One day, James. What do you reckon? FA Cup, FA Cup trophy win, or your next album goes straight to number one when it comes out? Which would you take? Oh, that's unfair. Oh, you're no, going to make not. me say. <laughs> I'm going to be. Out of solidarity, and I'm going to try and be as modest as I can and say, come on, the tune, FA Cup. Yes, come on. Come on, good about. lad. Come Lift it. About. Come on. Lift he knows it. where his bread's buttered, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and talking to us. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, mate, and we'll we'll keep an eye out and we'll we'll see you. Uh, we'll hopefully speak to you again in the future. It'll be lovely yes, to get you please. back on when everything, uh, when everything gets back to normal. And uh, good luck with... Good luck with the album and everything. And thanks thank so much you. for coming on and talking to us. It's been no, an absolute pleasure. No mate. trouble. Thank you so much for having me. Say hello again to Jackson. And thank you, lads. It's Always been a real pleasure, Thank James. you very much. Thank you so much. Hello, I'm James Richardson, host of the Totally Football Show, now part of the Athletics Podcast Network. We're going to be here following all the action as the 2020 football season reaches its belated conclusion. And if you're an Athletics subscriber, you can now hear exclusive ad-free versions of our show on the Athletic app. And don't worry, if you're not a subscriber, you can still listen to us for free with the occasional word from our sponsor by searching for The Totally Football Show on Apple, Spotify and all the usual podcast places. The Totally Football Show with me, James Richardson, still totally free and now totally ad-free on The Athletic. So there we go, James Bay. That was wonderful, wasn't it, chaps? Oh, it was great. What an absolutely diamond fella. Oh, that sounds a bit smashing. That sounds a bit hot. Yeah. Sounds a bit hitching what I've said there. No, really <laughs> lovely and could have could have could have doubled that in length and still be chatting away and you know, yeah. I'm I love music so much and um you know, I've really missed it. I know you have as well, Taylor, and it's just Oh you know, absolutely. I, you know, it's um oh, that's a nice idea, isn't it? You know, a successful Newcastle, a vibrant Newcastle and there there goes I know. 
James on the center circle and does a song for us, that would be pretty good, wouldn't it? I also like amazing. that he, I feel like he almost brought balance to the force because we have George's negativity usually and then we had such optimism, which is just, it just felt like for once we had balance. It was incredible. <laughs> what did you bring, Chris? I just bring the, so you can take the piss out of me. That's the only reason I'm here. There's been <laughs> the very little guy. sausage. There's been very little sausage chat this week, which is, no. I don't know whether that's a good, I don't know if we needed a break from sausage or, you know, but. I mean, it's well, not I did, every week I we have a celebrity a on, is it? So. No, I did get a question for the mailbag, which has gone up on the on the, uh, Athletic Leader, from a guy who lives in Japan who said that he doesn't really have sausage across there. So, so could we talk about sushi? Um, but I don't know very little sushi. about sushi, so. Sushi. <laughs> I'm not sushi, a sushi person, to be honest. Could you have a sausage sushi? Could you have like sort of raw sausage, sausage wrapped up in rice? No, I don't think you could. Sausage. Sausage. Right. Oh, God. No. This no. has gone downhill since James left, hasn't it? That's it has. He was the glue um, that kept this podcast together. <laughs> very much so. Uh, so you just mentioned the mailbag, Chris, there. What, what do you think you'll be talking about on that today? Well, we'll cover plenty of different issues, including, as I know, is the is the big topic of the day, mm. uh, which is is double WTO how and Newcastle uh, takeover. Oh, yes, what exactly. The, what the O? What the O? Uh, so George has George has addressed some uh, some takeover questions, but the the point of the mailbag wasn't really about the there is a bit about the takeover, but the point of it was sort of almost like well, football is coming back, and as as irrelevant yeah. as football has been to Newcastle for a long period of time, it has actually come back this weekend. So almost answering some questions about the football, there's bits about well, what we expect going forward. Do we think Newcastle will get relegated? There's some fans worrying about that sort of thing. Who's going to react well to to being behind closed doors? Who's who's going to struggle? So so a bit of everything in in the mailbag that, that George and I have answered and weird questions about uh, sausages as well. <laughs> yeah, Wonderful I mean, th- th- so on the on the WTO thing, um, this has been a kind of long-standing report into Saudi Arabia and television piracy. We've seen a bit of this already today and last night, um, a sort of confusion about what is being said and not being said. Th- this is really seeing this geopolitical sort of conflict happening in front of our eyes because people have yeah. been quoting quoting a summary report of, of the WTO report which has actually been compiled by be in sport um, who are who are the sort of direct competitors of uh, of Saudi Arabia and so we've seen a bit of that murkiness and people have told us that there's no mention of Newcastle in the WTO report and the piracy issue issue <laughs> has been what <laughs> the Premier League have been talking to the Staveley camp about for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. As always, I would just advise people to try and take a deep breath and try and take a step back. The report, this podcast will be coming out after that report has been released. But, um, you know, the the first reaction shouldn't be to be angry or to be upset or to be, um, you know, to be worried. It should be to yeah. take a deep breath, take a step back and, and then... And then um, reflect on it we do know that piracy has been the big thing i mean that that has been the big thing but they've already been uh been been looking at it for a long time now so let's let's see what happens uh make sure you sign up today for a 40 percent discount to the athletic simply by visiting theathletic.com forward slash newcastle pod uh, you can enjoy enjoy all the best football writing and ad free podcasts just in time for the return of the premier league that is less than £3 a month. And George, I really enjoyed your Welcome Back to Newcastle, the club wondering how soon is now article. I thought that was very good. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Yes. I mean, I think I think the idea of that football's back, we should all be really excited. We should, you know, hooray, football, yeah, ooh. Well, it's a bit <laughs> difficult to do that with Newcastle. So, you know, obvious, obviously there is that sense of, 
oh, thank Jesus, we've got something else to talk about. But then, yeah. of course, what do we have to talk about? Mm, the football. Uh, not sure we really want to talk about that either. Um, <laughs> that is but true. But anyway, but I am, I am, you know, I think I am now sort of getting a bit, a bit sort of excited about just having something to watch, I think. I think Joel Linton's going to end the season as top scorer. Call it now. Oh, Chris, man. Different player, different player. Chris, we players. all we all we all bring our own little bits to this podcast, right? We all bring a certain something, and I think from now on, what you should bring is silence. How does that sound? <laughs> I like to think that I bring gravitas, gravitas, yeah. gravelly voice. <clears throat> no, just gravitas, gravitas. Well. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. It's been a wonderful uh, pod on the time. We've had a great time talking to James. Thank you again to him uh, for coming on, uh, Mr. James Bay. Thanks, George. Thanks, Chris. Uh, and we shall speak to you soon. Football is back. And so are Newcastle United. Thanks very much for listening. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.